1: With every passing mission, the Motley Masquerade establishes themselves as the go-to team for non-traditional questing. It's hard to debate a team's personal choices when the results are staring you right in the face. I've seen hot dog eating contests and I've seen disc golf
2: tournaments, but never in all my years have I witnessed such a breathtaking combination of the two.
1: Despite internal bleeding in a nasty case of something the clerics are referring to as the wiener spins, Duncan D. Sordeli is reported to be, quote, Wrapped after a shooey and a good chunder. Staff linguists are working tirelessly to translate this quote for you, our dear viewers.
2: All this talk of getting the dog disease has me fixing for a glizzy myself. Oh, there goes the stroke. Nah, you're not gonna ain't throwing clots, Rust Buster. At least not yet, anyway. No, I think it's time for a little segment I call... Dirk Bradley's Further Fun
1: Time. Is it you loudly eating that bucket of lukewarm hot dogs in pickle juice while I try not to throw up? Haha, <laughs> you guessed it. Dirk, I'm gonna level with you. Since you've come back, you've been. How shall I put this? Delicately. Worse than usual? Yes, definitely that. But that's not what I'm talking about. You seem. fine. Damn right. Dirk, you don't wince when you choke on your morning candied onion. I haven't seen any blood seeping through your shirt, and frankly, you no longer look like you're at death's door.
2: Huh, you're right. I guess you stand in the Reaper's foyer long enough, and even he
1: thinks you've overstayed your welcome. Dirk, there is absolutely no medical reason you should be healing, especially not at the rate I'm seeing. Have you been doing anything differently from before? Mark what? Well, that can't be it. Was I, no? Dirk, what did you have
2: for breakfast? Which one? <laughs> nah, I'm joshing you. All three were the same reconstituted ham cubes and a blue raspberry reduction.
1: Ah, bun apple teeth. Ah, yes. The everyman's ham and jam pan. You ruined a few of my best cast irons making that scramble from hell. And when was the last time you ate some greens? Hey, I had a fistful of green apple gorgons for fourth breakfast. No, Dirk, greens. Lettuce, spinach, kale, you know, vegetables. I don't follow. I'm gonna go grab something. We'll be right back after these messages. Sure, sure. Uh
2: is it cool if I
1: uh Yes, just enjoy drowning yourself in soggy furs.
3: Did you do a lot of fighting wherever you were, Halophon?
4: I was on the plane of battle, Penny. Of course I was fighting. Again. The two of you have been crossing swords, so
5: to speak, for the better part of the last two hours. Originally, what started off as a eh, short training session has become something more. Something aggressive.
3: Well, we could always do the same thing, but... I'm curious... Do you think you smite harder than Ophidian?
4: Honestly, no. His subclass is different than mine. He can smite Fey creatures. I can, but I don't get any extra damage. So, unless this new incarnation of you is a Fey or an Undead, technically he's always going to have the advantage. Unless I outlevel him far enough, of course.
3: Her eyes raise to meet yours as she lifts Zillow's back into fighting position. Well, then, do you think you smite harder than me?
4: House tattoos glow as the burns on his skin light up with metallic heat, and he says, That I think we could find out. Go ahead and smite me, then
3: I'll smite you. Oh. Don't hold back. Use your big spell slot.
4: So are we just rolling damage at the same time? Let's do it. Okay. I'm going to roll to see if I crit, just in case.
3: Oh, fine. I will too. It's a harder hit.
4: You crit. Mine is not a crit. No, there's mine. I got a 19. You were one away from, from Barbarian Fireball, the killer of dice. Green energy crackles
3: across Penelope's blade. Her smite did 28 damage. How did yours do?
4: Without rage, Hal's blow lands with precision, exploding in the thunderous energy of a wrathful smite. And deals 35.
3: Oh that is so much harder, but Penelope's Eldritch Smite does knock you prone. No save. <laughs> oh, okay.
4: Uh you need to make a strength saving throw. Hmm.
3: That may have been the problem for past Penelope's. Uh no, that's a two. Okay. Still a problem. <laughs>
4: Hal falls over, but the thunderclap blasts you away from him, where you also land prone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice cinematic. Yeah. Just,
4: bam, bam! The blades across, there's a thunderclap, and we both go flying in opposite directions, landing prone on the ground.
3: Zillow flies out of Pentecost's hands, uh, disappearing into their pocket dimension as they go um, outside of a foot of her. And she laughs heartily as she stands back to her feet. Okay. I think I have enough left in me for one more. How about the quick wrestling
4: match? You think you can beat me without a weapon? (laughs) I think I know all your tricks. I very much doubt that. Let's
3: find out. Let's roll a post-athletics.
4: All right. I will rage for this one. Twenty-three. Eighteen. I had 18 on the die.
3: Oh, I had less.
4: <laughs> oh, good stuff. How lets Penn think for a moment that she has the upper hand matching strength before he grits his teeth, his aura flares, and he overpowers her, throwing her to the ground and pinning her there?
3: As Penn is pinned beneath Halophon, Suddenly her eyes widen, her face flushes, her chest is heaving as she's breathing heavily. There's a moment of silence. What are you doing? Ah, nothing. Rain stands
5: at the doorway. Her familiar purple brocade vest is kind of askew, seems to be missing one button, and uh, her white shirt is largely open in the top and uh, rolled up.
3: We were, we were just, um, uh, training. Yes, okay,
5: great. So, Gaspar is in the Bowery. I thought Gaspar was in jail. He was in jail, but we got him out temporarily. He still might be a trial, and there still might be jail time, but for now, he's on bail. Why isn't he back at the apartment, then? Because they know where the apartment is. Who,
4: who does... The Zenithal Guard. Well, isn't, isn't the, the point of posting bail that you can, like, go back to your house and stuff?
5: Yes, if you intend to be there when
4: they come for you. Oh, okay. So...
5: In the worst case scenario, if Gaspar has to run, it would be better he do so from the Bowery. If he's in his apartment, there's a good chance they'll be able to catch him and immediately
4: put him on trial. I don't think Wu a great replacement for Gaspar. If Gaspar goes on the run, I'm just going to say it.
3: It's, Gaspar planning to go on the run? No. Ideally, he won't have to, but
5: if things go poorly and we're not able to delay the trial in order for us to do our job, then there's a chance he might have to serve, and if we can avoid that, so much the better. Again, well, I suppose not again, I didn't tell you this, there's no actual legal reason why you couldn't run from the law being adventurers. It doesn't add anything to your sentence. Interesting. It's not a crime. Though the bounty
3: hunters that find you might be displeased by it. That makes sense. Well, we're done with our perfectly normal training.
4: What's next? They should be pleased by it. They wouldn't have a job if you didn't run. They wouldn't have to judge you down. They should be very happy you tried to run away.
5: <laughs> I've instructed Gaspar to find his way to a little place called the Beheaded Aardvark. Thought it was appropriate, given his condition. Um he might take him some time though. So you're welcome to look for it yourself. It's somewhere towards the middle of the barry. But um yes, that's the best I can do, unfortunately. Have you already told everyone else? No, I'm on my way to do that now. We'll go with you. Okay. As Rain gets to your door, she risks, she raises her hand as if to knock and then realizes you're here, and then opens the door
1: you walk in, Wuxia is belly down on a reclined lazy boy type chair. And Iavos is next to him with all of his medical tools around and everything soaking wet. And Iavos is elbow deep in Wuxia's ribs from the side, like reaching for something. I just, I can't understand how your organs function. Is this a starfish? Well, that's where I put
6: that. Seems about right. I think it helps me metabolize. Yes.
1: <laughs> with a wet, like a a sheen of gelatin on his arm. He's just like looking in the hole like, this makes no sense whatsoever. I just can't figure it out. You're constantly bloated and decaying, yet not falling apart.
6: Oh, that's very sweet of you to say.
1: I seem to be finding the entire fowler crown in compromising
5: circumstances.
6: He calls this a fistula.
5: I, <laughs> I didn't at all, actually.
6: <laughs> Where did I learn that word?
5: Gaspar is in the Bowery. He's at the beheaded aardvark. I'm not sure if he's found his way there, but hopefully he does.
6: The beheaded aardvark? Um, what's an aardvark? It's, um, are you doing it an ant eater. I've seen folks eat ants before, yeah.
5: I'm not going to explain what an aardvark is to you then. Alright. <laughs> it's a long-tongued, nosy weasel thing. That's better than I could have done.
6: Punk dung nose-weasel. <laughs>
5: I met one of them on a boat before. Like a slunky nose horse, you know. Yeah, a slunky nose horse. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to uh, be in attendance for some time, but I will come to find you soon. Um, probably best you see him while you're all together.
1: Very quickly, is it safe to assume that the reason he is out of prison and also far from us is because you told him to? Yes.
5: He's not escaped.
1: Though, if needs must... Understood.
6: You're sly.
1: I've always been curious what the grey areas of your role are. This is very insightful.
5: You have to understand, I work for the Commissioner, and while the Commissioner is an agent of the League, he is—he has other agendas. And frankly, the idea of Gaspar being permanently detained it would put a serious damper on those plans. Anything to get the job done, right? Indeed. If you'll excuse me, she rubs her head as though she has a headache. I have something for that. Oh, no, that's fine, I've taken plenty.
6: He's a very good doctor.
5: Oh, so I see. Headed out of Probably in the next 48
1: hours I'll be there.
6: Yavos, you have a watered up sock I can fill this hole with?
1: This is not a sock-sized hole. Let me go get a
4: towel. Just, uh, just, Just suction the starfish on the top.
6: <gasps> that's a great idea. He'll be happy there.
1: This is bad medical practice, but for Wuxia, it makes no difference. There you go, little friend. (laughs) Don't remove this starfish or operate any heavy machinery. (laughs) Ever. Just in general. (laughs) Right. Regardless of your health. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go wash my arm thoroughly, and then I suppose I'm interested in visiting the Bowery. It seems like quite a strange place. It will be nice for all five of us to be together.
6: Crew united. You think we need our
1: gear and whatnot? We're not on a quest, but we are heroes. People will expect us to see us with our
4: things. Yeah, well, we went on a quest Uh, in lots of places we've gotten into fights.
3: I believe I have a prior statement about never getting in another fight wearing a dress. I'm yeah. bringing my gear.
6: I'd love to get in a fight in a dress. Wusha's going to go to <laughs> wherever his shit is.
1: I'm learning so much about Wusha today. Yes, uh,
4: gear it up. No limits,
1: no point cost.
4: Uh, Pin, I've actually got something for you. Um, give me just a sec. Hal goes up to his room and comes back with a bag. Uh,
3: You shouldn't have, Hal.
4: Well, to be fair, um, I brought it back for Penny, but circumstances being what they are, I think it should still work for you. There is a heavy ka-chunk as a bronze bronze, breastplate, and weathered leather skirt fall onto the table out of the bag that Hal has dumped them out of. As I turn it over, you recognize unmistakably Evdemonian design. They aren't magic, but uh, Mum's Plane attracts warriors of all stripes, and I thought maybe you'd like something to go with Zillow's. Pen is
3: speechless as her fingers find the worn grooves and battle damage on this ancient breastplate. Where are... Ha... This... this is brimming with stories, old
4: stories. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I'm sure it has a lot of stories it could tell you. And Hal leaves.
3: As Halifon departs the room, Pentecost is left holding the breastplate in her arms, clutching it to her chest, her eyes wide, her face crimson, once again speechless.
5: The pathways are beginning to make sense. The warrens, tunnels underneath the buildings, the alleyways that lead to other alleyways, the establishments that take you places Nowhere near themselves. It all starts to fit together the more you walk the paths. Like an old
7: puzzle. Gaspar seems to be leading what looks like a tourist group doing a speed run.
1: (laughs) Jesus. Okay.
7: Going from one art installation to an alleyway with Graffiti on it. Like a snowball downhill, more people take interest and join the group. (laughs) Gaspar pulls forth from a loose brick a golden leaf. Inscribed onto it are the words, The restless graduate wearing the piercing mask is witness to nothing. He turns to the group. Okay, what do we know about this? What could these words possibly mean? Fetch Killian's stolen money is hidden somewhere in the Bowery and waits for somebody to try and connect these random dots in the document that Gaspar has planted here to just connect it to something in the Bowery.
5: He's in the library, right? Because he's a student.
7: Okay, but he's a graduate. Oh, what? What? If somebody's restless. Graduates, read
1: books, too.
7: Okay, sure.
1: He's in the conservatory because he's saving something.
7: Okay, but in conservatories you're a witness to a lot of things, are you not?
4: I think he's probably uh, at the courthouse because they said he's a witness to nothing and in the Bowery uh, justice is kind of meaningless. Oh my God, you're right.
8: To the courthouse!
1: Yay! <laughs> I'm gonna renew my marriage certificate. That's a thing. <laughs> We're
8: gonna be so happy.
1: I love you, Bingus.
8: <laughs> I love you, Smarge.
7: <laughs> I really want to see where this romance goes, but we have to find that treasure before somebody else does.
6: I'm glad
3: I got to be part of this moment.
1: Welcome to the polycule.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know I am here.
7: (laughs) Gaspar is led by the would-be treasure hunters towards the courthouse, satisfied with the decision to make touring the Bowery one fraudulent scavenger hunt.
5: (laughs) When you finally arrive at the courthouse, which is functionally a ramshackle hovel, Put together with the word courthouse written across the front of it. The tour goers are ecstatic. Okay, everybody, split up and find some clues. They all scatter, sifting through the single room courthouse with its one desk.
7: Gaspar waits for the group to thin out just enough so they can pull out the next clue from within his own pack. Spots out a statue. It appears to be a blindfolded angel. But as you get closer to the statue, the blindfold lifts up, and underneath is a winking serpentine eye. While pretending to look like he's investigating the statue, Gaspar is going to slip another note underneath the blindfold. It should take them maybe a half hour to find this. Um, let's see. Generous. (laughs) I look around. Are there any bookstores nearby the courthouse? You found that looking for
5: a specific thing is something of a challenge. But if you kind of clear your mind and wander in a direction, more often than not, you'll find what you're looking for.
7: Ah, okay. What's the bluest thing
5: nearby? Down an alleyway, you catch a flash of blue. It seems to be a sheet that seems to be billowing out from a doorway.
7: That's my signal. I head straight towards it.
5: (laughs) When you get there you find what you presume to be a brothel based off of the smell. It's wafting heavily with perfume and a dank musk from years of overuse.
7: This could be anything. (laughs) Gaspar looks for a window? A couple floors above you
5: you see a window with yet another blue sheet, waving in the wind.
7: That is even more correct, <laughs> Gaspar is going to climb up and enter through that window.
5: When you come inside, you find yourself sitting in what looks like a personal library. The walls are adorned with old volumes of all manner and type, and the
7: fireplace in the room seems to be de- burned down to embers. Nobody's present. So it seems that if I just intend to go somewhere, I'm there. I intend to find something, I find it. Okay. What is the darkest corner within this
5: room? There are a couple stacks of bookshelves somewhere down the line. It's a fairly large room. And between them, there seems to be no light at all. No light coming from the embers, not much light coming from the candelabra that's sitting on top of a shelf. And the chandelier in the center of the room
7: is only letting out the dimmest of light, creating a perfect little space of darkness. Well, if there's any information of Crom here, it should be in that corner. I will it so. <laughs> Silently walk my way to it. You investigate this
5: space, and most of it seems to be engineering books, like across the board. Nothing here seems to be anything related to fairy or anything
7: like that. Nothing related to anything abstract or magical. He has to be hidden somewhere here in the details. Gaspar is going to pick out a book on bridge building. Okay. Like like military speed building of bridges. You know speed. what I'm saying? Speed building. Any percent. <laughs> any
5: percent. Uh, any percent. Glitch bridge run. Run. <laughs> yeah.
4: I, When he said he was doing a speed run, I was waiting for him to start getting into a turnstile, like trying to glitch the physics <laughs> yeah. to launch him across the Bowery.
5: You find a, uh, a riveting volume <laughs> on suspension bridges built in some ancient empire in some world far away. Bridges that can
7: suspend time. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I don't know how to read it, this whole book. I'm just making up shit. <laughs>
2: um,
7: so, Gaspar is going to look for where he can check this book out.
5: When you take the book and head towards the only exit in the room, since there's nobody in here, you realize you're very much in the private library of some person who presumably owns the
7: brothel downstairs. Eh. If it was private, they would have closed that window. <laughs> I leave through the window once more. <laughs> this flawless rogue logic.
5: With this book on suspension bridges tucked under one
7: arm. <laughs> I would break the code. <laughs> you find yourself back in the alley with the blue sheets. From the alley, I can see out towards the courthouse. The group is celebrating, cheering around the statue. Wow, they're actually quick.
1: We love anything's possible.
7: (laughs) Uh, But as he gets closer to it, he just finds out that everybody's cheering because the vows were renewed. Ah, there
8: you
1: go. (laughs) Same chant. (laughs) You've
8: made me the happiest slug moth on all the (laughs) axes.
1: And I'm the luckiest human man alive. (laughs) <laughs> Are going to collect a fee?
7: <laughs> <laughs> Not wanting to ruin the romantic moment in front of him, Gaspar will wait just a few more minutes while people seem to be throwing sunflower seeds and what appear to be... Like homemade caltrops, <laughs> taco grill wrappers, taco grill wrappers.
1: Like how half of them are intentionally better for the pigeons, and the other half are quite <laughs> lethal. <little. laughs> yeah. Think fast, idiots! <laughs> if you survive the caltrops, you get my sunflowers. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a normal wedding in the Bowery. <laughs> <Yeah.
7: laughs> when the time is right, Gaspar is going to feign surprise, finding the note. He had planted. Everyone, this is definitely a day for celebration. Look, as the happy new married couple, you deserve this treasure more than anybody. But what does anybody know about a deposed, nosy tongue weasel?
1: Couldn't have a tongue or a nose if it was all decapitated.
4: Are you talking about my ex-wife?
1: Hey, we're boomers. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's a
2: it's a ferret. He's talking about ferrets. They got them noses and they got long tongues, right?
8: I'm allergic to ferrets.
1: Honey badgers got big tongues too. Did they I know they had uh... just like Bingus. Wink.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, Smarge. <laughs> well,
6: if you want big tongues, wouldn't you want like a whale or something?
7: Well, yeah, you should find a whale instead. Whatever dark dimension that Gaspar's real head is at, his eyes are rolling.
1: <laughs> there, there's one of them marine biologists that hangs out at that one tavern with the critter with its head cut off on the sign.
7: Oh, yeah, that oh, one oh. right over there. He points across the courthouse square. Oh, is that the beheaded aardvark? Mm, likely. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's an aardvark? I believe it's a nosy tongue weasel. I'm pretty
2: sure that's a ferret or a whale.
1: And allergic to ferrets. Or a honey
2: badger.
3: (laughs) They make a really good hot sauce over there. I think it is a made-up word to put them at the top
1: of the alphabet. (laughs) (laughs) First in the phone book, smart stuff. (laughs) What's a phone book? I guess bad it isn't in the beginning either, so it's all a moot
7: point is what it is. While they're arguing this, Gaspar has already made his way towards the beheaded
4: Aardvark. <laughs> All the taverns named Aardvark are listed, so, you know, taverns, <laughs> comma, beheaded. Yeah. <laughs> aardvark Losty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're about to say everything in the phone book starts with beheaded. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the beheaded brothel <laughs> slash library. Be-
5: <laughs> uh, beheaded
6: courthouse.
5: You enter the Aardvark, and it is. Certainly a pub. Like, unquestionably, it's a pub. There's bar, there's chairs, there's tables. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. But the food looks amazing. Everything is crafted to absolute perfection. Everything you see here seems like it belongs in, I don't know, Akrotaria, the the Abelite spoke, or on one of the finest uh, restaurants on the Ring, or in the hub proper at the top floors. But no, it's here, in this grubby
7: little pub, in the courthouse square. Okay, Rain has some good taste. Guess where he makes his way to whoever's tending bar. The
5: person standing behind the bar doesn't seem to have a defined shape. As you draw its attention, this odd kind of puce cloud focuses a little bit and seems to manifest
7: a face. Hello, my good shape. Nobody's called me a shape in a long time. Not since I was young. You are very shapeless, but yet that is your shape. Yeah. Anyway, um, I would love your special, whatever cocktail it is, and one room. Can do. Clip quin eighth. Gaspar is going to hand him one quin. I'd like to start a tab. Can do.
5: A hand reaches out from the cloud and draws a coin across the bar. A little while later, he produces a concoction from within the cloud. It looks like a almost like a punch bowl drink. But inside, the liquid seems not dissimilar in color from him.
7: He's making me drink him. Well, he puts himself into his cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> really put his heart and soul into it. <laughs> Look, you said you wanted my special. Oh, no, this, this looks quite unique. I don't know. I think it looks a little nebulous. <laughs> Gaspar is going to unglove one of his hands, dip a finger into it, and then put that finger into his head's mouth. It's extremely cold, much colder than you would expect given how it feels in your hands.
5: And the flavor, in the simplest terms, is not unlike plum
7: and mint. This is a very extreme flavor. I like it. My people are known for extreme sports. Oh, now you're talking. Mm -hmm. When we start off with form, we do as much
5: snowboarding as possible. (laughs) 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 We're a sentient gas released from glaciers as they melt.
7: And then you snowboard.
5: Yes. The gas coalesces into a physical form and then dissolves over time
1: from extremeness.
7: (laughs) Are there like Naturally formed half-pipes, or...?
5: No, we carved them ourselves. With extreme difficulty. You know, being gas. Extreme gas.
7: <laughs> this is going to be my new place. This is my new bar.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's colder than Aardvice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: he put it on his mouth and the temperature really plummeted. <laughs> mm. You find
5: a space in the corner waiting, uncertain what you're waiting for. When...
1: Your friends walk through the door. This is where that marriage party directed us. <laughs>
6: <laughs> they look so happy.
7: Once I clock them, I will go back to uh, Extreme Gas.
8: <laughs> extreme
7: Gas? <laughs> the the X-Game <laughs> fart. The,
8: uh,
7: he hasn't named himself. But Ad- admittedly, Extreme Gas is a lot more modern than Classical Gas.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Pretty sure Wuxia's had Extreme Gas.
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh, pardon me. I would like four more of these, please can do. He grabs a couple glasses and pulls them inside of his shape and then sets them down on the bar. It's going to be weird, but Gaspar is going to put two fingers above his stump. In the same gesture, somebody would, you know, whistle. (laughs) And then the sound comes out from his head regardless. (laughs) 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 Trying to get their attention.
1: Oh, Gaspar. Thank the gods you're
3: here. We've been looking forever. Was that a gas cloud wearing a fishnet?
7: I. I think so. Um,
3: I'm right here. Is
7: that
1: a fishnet? Yes, that's a fishnet. You fill it out well for a gas, which seems not very logical, but kudos. I try. It's the best I can manage for fashion.
7: Anyway, I've got you these drinks.
6: Ooh.
3: (laughs) Thank you. It's a big boy.
6: I understand that you serve ants here. What? What? He's place ant eater. I understand you serve ants here. Oh, Can no. I have ants? Oh no.
1: He uses the term "understand" very, very loosely. Oh, that's too bad. You're one of those.
6: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: uh, Who is your friend, Gaspar? Looking to the X Games fart. <laughs> <laughs> A tendril of cloudy wisp
5: reaches out and wraps around your hand.
1: You tingly. Jet Brody. Jet Brody. <laughs> My dude.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Extreme sports enthusiast and bartender. What are extreme sports? They're like sports, but way bigger. I imagine they are extreme. (laughs) Sounds freaking awesome. I'll
5: see you on the halfpipe, dudes. His shape urges itself towards the back, presumably to go to the kitchen.
1: Enjoy your smoke break. I've... (laughs) (laughs)
7: You just hear a motorcycle
3: whiz out. (laughs) He doesn't even work here. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard Woosha say half pipe before, but they can't be the same thing.
4: Hal waits just long enough for the gas cloud to get around the corner and then surreptitiously reaches over the top of the bar, grabbing a bottle from the well and retreating to the table with it. I roll an eight on sleight of hand though. Awesome. As you reach towards a bottle, you grab it and knock
5: something over. It doesn't quite break, but it makes a lot of noise, and you realize you grabbed a bottle of grenadine. Yeah,
1: well, you know what? We need mixes, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy to get drunk on grenadine, but you'll find a way. (laughs) I just imagine, like, this was Penny's favorite drink.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I could see Penny just drinking snifters of grenadine. Oh,
3: yes. (laughs) Just
4: red syrup. (laughs) I I sit down at the table, and I put the bottle of grenadine down, and I look at Gaspar, and I go, It's not my best work. (laughs) No, and
7: Hal, I am staying at this inn. Perhaps we steal after
4: or while I'm checking out. You've always been bitter at this. I go and I put the bottle of grenadine back. (laughs) As
5: you do so, you write the bottle of blue curacao that you knocked over. that's
4: fair. You take the red bottle or the blue bottle. (laughs) In that instance, thank goodness I got the red one.
1: (laughs) So Iavos lifts this extreme cloud dude juice. Skyward and says, for the first time in a very long time, Fallow Crown is complete. All prongs are present, all accounted for. A toast to our completion, may we be blessed in our continuance. From Tabards to Tiramisu. Nobody shows you the world of Magitech fashion and style like Aspen Vancaster. This is Major Image. These days, if you want to make it as a quest specialist, you need to slay on the battlefield and off. But gone are the days of classical fantasy hero looks like the doublet, the chain-meal coif, or even the controversial leather bikini armor. These days, we see heroes keeping up to the times instead of clinging to the classics, with sleek leather jumpsuits, foil-shine metallic cloaks, and polymerized shift-weave robes covered in glow runes. These team designs have leapt off the side of your cousin's van and onto the hood of your uncle's racer. The future is bright, so pour one out for the original OGs of fantasy fashion. In what I consider breaking news that is very, very important in all of our lives, the newest fashion trend in the arcane circles is wand holsters. These hip-hugging hero accessories are easy to customize to match your look, simple enough to hand-make at home, and they really bring a new world of ease to whipping out your wand when the time is right. No more keeping it up your sleeve or tucked into your best dress socks. Not to mention these rugged lovelies just make me want to meet in the library at high noon for an old-fashioned blast-off. Leviathan caviar is a delicacy in some worlds and horribly, horribly illegal in every other one. Just one ounce of this outlawed roe can land you up to 20 cycles in triple max food jail. Word on the street is there's a new source for this forbidden mush and other kinds of Leviathan-based dishes making their way into Verrata. Who's supplying these titanic tapas and what does it mean for the Leviathan Protection Society? We'll keep an eye out and I'll bring the crackers. This has been Major Image with Aspen Vancaster. you are about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the Adverse.
0: As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify.
1: Second wind, keep your head in the fight. Second wind, second wind, second wind. You're a lover, a dreamer, and most importantly, a fighter. When you need that extra push, reach for a second wind energy drink. Second wind, we go down easy, so you don't.
3: Second wind.
1: Hey, all you cuties. Nothing like a little QT with the QTs. We've been having some LUQ fun over on TikTok lately with some successful memes getting us new traffic and followers, and it makes me want to do more stuff there for exposure. So do me a favor. If there's any short scenes from an episode, either season one or two, that you think stands out as a great sound clip from the show, let us know on the Discord. I'd love to start making more stuff like that, and who better to get it from than you, the fans? Follow us at LUQ underscore podcast. TheLUQ.com is your source for all the links your fingers could ever want to click to learn more about Slapdash, the cast, and how we attempt to do social media. While you're there, check out the Patreon link, since it's the fan-funded heart that keeps blood pumping in our withered podcast bodies. You get a ton, and I mean a ton, of great D&D rewards, bonus audio, and at the top tiers you can make characters to join the show's meta or get mentioned with the legendary mid teams. The legendary midril teams are the Titans Rise, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Eerie Lunar Rose, Maisie, Korgoth, and Mike Gordon. A huge special thank you to Sidonis on the Discord for becoming our second-ever Commissioner-level patron. You're amazing. We're literally amazed. Thank you so much. To get a personal message read on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. And follow us on Twitch at Slapdash Streams for Monday Night Live premieres of LUQ with Mistress Dana RPG. And be sure to join us on June 22nd at 6 p.m. Pacific for the third episode of Undermile. Things are really heating up. I'll see you folks on the podcast Radio Computer Digital Waves. Or maybe just the Discord. Who knows? But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. Father, I have sinned. Tell me what has transpired. I was in the park by the duck pod and, well, I'd eaten too many oysters and suddenly... <laughs> what is wrong, my child? <sighs> this confessional. Well, it doesn't smell like a professional confessional. It smells more like a shame closet full of God farts. Oh, I am terribly sorry. We're waiting to get the carpets fumigated. No,
2: I can't take it anymore. My sins are nothing compared to this malodorous
1: church funk. I'm going back to the pond where things make sense. Wait, my child. Does this sound familiar? Does your smelly old church put the PU in pew? You don't need an entire cleaning ritual. You just need Common sensors. Many sacred incense burners that you can light on the go. They're as disposable as the doctrine you cling to. Hang some in the bathroom. Keep one in your gym bag. Store some near the kitchen trash. Tell your smelly spouse that they're earrings. These balls go wherever you need to smell them. Fight the intense with incense. Common sensors. a ritual right out of the box.
5: The fallow crown is united beneath the flag of the beheaded aardvark. You are all gently sipping your Jet Brody specials. It's a good dude juice. (laughs)
6: And uncertain what to do next. Is it supposed to stick to the roof of your mouth like that?
1: I'm not sure, but it's
6: not unpleasant. I do like me a chilly
1: gob. Mine's starting to separate a little bit, and I'm curious what's on the bottom.
7: I finished mine two minutes ago. (laughs) Maybe it's because I'm not fully drinking mine and only tasting it, but doesn't it feel like there's a snowball in your mouth?
1: (laughs) I could see that. When we were children, we used to catch snowflakes on our tongue. It's like that, but more extreme.
4: I will say the brain freeze still hasn't gone away, so I don't recommend drinking it as fast as mine
1: Yeah, I'm using the straw on purpose. You all have cold resistance for one hour. Ooh, neat. Neat. I want to go fucking skiing.
3: I've never been on the receiving end of a snowball before. When I
6: were young, the tribe invited me to a snowball. I thought it was one thing, and I was wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Turns out I was the guest of honor. <laughs> <No. clears throat> so, Gaspar, let me get this straight. They sent you to the Bowery to be off the grid a bit more in case this doesn't play out the way they're hoping, is that?
7: That is correct. I have, um, I have a small list here I have to find. Uh, a few body doubles. For yourself? Yes. And maybe any of you. Who knows? I have to at least get three more aliases here just to muddy the water in case they start asking. My physical description is quite distinct, (laughs) I would say. I've been thinking about picking up a disguise. That will require some illusion, maybe some glamoring.
1: I have something I can give you that may help for a little while. Obviously, the more powerful people seeking you will be able to see through such things, but this may help quite a bit. It is an old trick of my brother's. Every city he visited, he wore a new face. Every town a new name, and every road a new pair of shoes. So I'm going to cast the Wanderer's Mystic Aura on you. Uh, You place an illusion on a creature or object you touch so that divination spells reveal false information about it. The target can be a willing creature or an object that isn't being carried or worn by another creature. When you cast the spell, choose one or both of the following effects. I can either give you a false aura, which means you can appear to be magical when you are not, or a mask. You can change the way a target appears to spells and magical effects that detect creature types, such as Paladin's Divine Sense. Uh, And you can choose a creature type other than the spell's magical effect to treat the target as. So while you're in the Bowery, I can make everyone perceive you as a fae. Mm. or something like that. Like if they're looking for an undead rogue. Yes. Make me no longer undead. And then I hide in the morgue. So to both magical and mundane eyes, you appear as a broken warforged carrying your own damaged head. This should last for a day or two. I can also re-up it should it be necessary. So I take one of my many spell components off, which is an old frayed Almost mustard yellow scarf that I keep tucked away. It looks like it's seen the dirt of many roads. And I simply wrap it around you, covering what would be your head and neck, but I'm just sort of draping it over your stump. And as I pull it away, it vanishes and kind of fades into you.
7: And with this, Gaspar looks to be made of woven and braided steel cord. The pattern changes, kind of giving the illusion of different parts of the body or different equipment on him, but it being decidedly sleek and flat. At the top appears to be frayed wires broken under great tension. Some spiraled into springs, the tips of it singed and deformed, seemingly struck by lightning or something of the sort. and. His head is made to look like if you want to imagine a ball of rubber bands that you've made one large cut into the going towards the center of it, so it has peeled back layers, sending uh wires in every direction,
1: whatever minor part of the spell Iavos has any say over, he ensures that this sedan has a large trunk.
7: (laughs) (laughs) That is true. There's.
1: Cannot mask your headlessness or your caked outness.
7: (laughs) The Bowery is
5: yours to do with as you please. You have at least 24 hours, if not 48, before rain arrives.
6: Wusha had no idea what he was going to do here when he first arrived. However, getting to see the place a little bit more, getting to see what it's like, he's got a goal in mind. Now, he's heard Penn mention a couple times that she'll never fight in a dress again, so he wants to go find a dress that fits him to fight in to understand why Penn hates it so much. <laughs>
5: okay, did want to go shopping. Does anybody want to go with Wusha for his dress?
1: Say yes to my dress. How will? Yes, I have a. S- thinks he might be able to gain access to some information in this place where the laws are quite different, if they exist at all. So he's going to attempt to get his hands on some books that he could not access before, specifically things that might be helpful in researching both daggers that kill plurals or someone named Crom. Uh-huh.
6: Okay, okay, okay.
1: If
3: you're open to it, I would love to assist you. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. So I tried to do...
7: What you're doing, and this is the fruit of my labor. I give him the book of, on bridges.
1: Suspension bridges of <laughs> Omdalan Seven.
7: <laughs> it's coded or something, or it's just a random book that I stole. <laughs> I, Good on you. I was under the impression that if I intended something enough, it would happen, hmm. and this was the book in the darkest corner of the room.
1: Well, perhaps there's some sort of secret hidden in the pages somewhere, but I'll find that out later. I knew no one thing it would be very useful for, though. And I open up Opus and give him a big fat snack of bridge information. <laughs>
5: Uh, at first, it's very excited to consume it. He starts taking a few nibbles, and once he realizes what it is, it's like a dog who's been given broccoli. Uh, <laughs> it'll eat it, but he's not happy about it's it. It's
1: like having to smoke a whole carton of cigarettes to get through <laughs> the first few pages. Like, cool. And it's like, oh. I think that told me all I
7: needed to know. <laughs> so since I'm not too good at that, I'll go help with the dress.
5: Usha. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Nope. If you were told to find a decent port that was friendly to a certain kind of despicable individual, you could probably find that. If you were trying to find a place that was like a bump and high society somewhere on the coastline, you could probably find it. But looking for a decent tailor in a city that folds back on itself like a, the weirdest fucking Rubik's Cube you've ever seen is not something you're great at. After about an hour of following you, Gaspar gets tired of it and yeah. leads you to a shopping district
7: he is actually aware of. Look, I just helped some random people pick up wedding dresses and uh, <laughs> for an impromptu civil union. <laughs> I think this is the spot.
1: Oh. If they can fit a dress on Bengus,
6: they can fit a dress on <laughs> Wusha. <whooshua. laughs> <laughs> well, they were clearly in luck. You had such a trained
5: eye. I have expertise. Earlier I used the word shopping district, but this is a generous term. What it really is is a narrow alley that switches back on itself repeatedly. And on either side are an endless stream of kiosks. Nobody seems to have any particular organization or means or method for why they're there. They just seem to have shown up. None of it's buildings. It's all just tents and the like. But there is nearly everything you could imagine here.
6: I'm going to look around and see if there's anything that's selling clothing of any kind.
5: At first, it's a lot of adventurers gear. You see actually one place it's selling workers outfits, things like, you know, some nice khakis and other things like that. But eventually, you actually do find a dressmaker. The man sitting on the tiny, tiny stool is as tiny as his stool. You would say probably standing at maybe a foot tall. His skin is kind of a mustardy hue. And you might guess him to be a goblin, but there's something about him that just doesn't seem quite right. Maybe it's the fact that he doesn't really have a nose so much as just kind of an empty hole where a nose should be that's gently and slowly dribbling little bits of snot. Uh, or it's the fact that he has four arms, but you're fairly certain you've never seen anything like this before.
6: Well, hi there, friend. <coughs> oh, God. Uh, I'd like your biggest dress, please. Oh, I assume this is for you. Yeah, it is. is. Like- so you know how... Sometimes some folk got a coat they put over their regular coat that's big enough to have the coat on underneath. Like a frock? Sure. I'd like that, but for me. So I can put a dress on over all this.
8: Oh, like a a big trench coat then, huh?
4: I think more like a muumuu.
8: Oh, I can make a muumuu. It's not much of a dress, but
7: I can do my best. Hal, ain't not a cow? Okay, I don't mean to interrupt, though, Hal. Usha, I I think that... Pen did not like fighting in a dress because she she was not wearing her armor at the time. So, you should be designing this to not have armor underneath.
6: That makes more sense. Who's wearing armor under their dress?
7: I believe that's what he's requisitioning from you.
6: That's ridiculous. Well, I ain't never worn a dress before. Fine, give me a dress that shows everything. Oh, I can do that.
1: This little guy when really talks out of his nose hole. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I mean, are you looking for a specific color or what? Beautiful, please. Why not some a color? Oh, wait. Um, This fella seems to have a better head on his shoulders. What do you think, fella? I
7: uh, see phone green.
8: Mm-hmm. With a peekaboo. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Give me like an hour and a half. I'm faster than I look.
6: You look real fast there, friend.
8: That sounds about fine.
6: I don't know if that's normal or not. Never had a dress made for me before, but I'll wait. I, I saw what he just did a few hours ago. He's fast.
8: Oh, yeah, you were the one leaning around those idiots looking for the wedding dress, right?
7: Eh? Um, We were looking for a lot of things, yes.
3: Mm,
8: yeah, you skin them good?
7: I don't know what you mean by that, but that treasure is out there somewhere.
8: You fleece those nerds!
7: <laughs> I don't like this accusatory tone you are taking.
8: Oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was talking to the one honest tour guide in the entire city. I... He's
6: never killed anyone before.
8: What? <laughs> I'm not pretty sure I didn't say anything about murder.
4: That's good, because neither did we.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
5: An hour later, you have a dress. It is sizable and beautifully cut. As he hands it to you, he says,
8: I ain't for those apps. And now you'll kill with him.
6: You have such reassuring confidence in me. It's mm. nice. I really like the big slit up
1: the pickaxe.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I've opened up as much as I can to give you as much mobility as possible. Oh, you're so thoughtful. How would
6: you know what I was going to do in this?
8: I literally, literally heard you. You were talking about it right in front of me.
6: Sorry, it's been a long time. <laughs>
4: We used up our cold resistance waiting for this dress. <laughs>
8: this guy's got a memory of a fish, am I right? I didn't. I always have it.
7: <laughs> wow, that dress shows everything. Is that a starfish? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Meanwhile. Iavos is willing to play the game he imagines they play at the Bowery when you're looking for information that you uh, need to look behind the bookshelf for. That kind of nefarious information gathering. So he's going to just study buildings and using his insight, trying to figure out which is the right one to get the info I need.
5: Are you looking for a place with books or are you looking for a place with people who will know?
1: I mean, if I can find the place with forbidden books first, then I would go there. But if I see any kind of groups that I think I could get information out of. Go ahead and give
5: me an investigation check.
1: Okay. Bless. And you can aim this. I mean, Guidance. Oh, eight, excellent. I will. Wonderful. Penny
3: kind of gets in touch with the more conceptual side of herself to see if she can help you find what you're looking for.
1: Help me to hunt
3: it down? Uh, 21
5: total. Excellent. And that's with the uh, advantage and all that? Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not only is it difficult to find a secret library or anything that might contain hidden or forbidden knowledge. You find you can't even find a library
1: mm. at all. I think I'm going to be sick, Penny. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I'm going to be sick, Pen.
5: I would like you to roll me an uh, Arcana.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a skill that I have points in. <laughs> uh, 23.
5: It takes about an hour before you realize what's going on. The harder you look, and the more by rights you should have found it, the harder it is to find.
1: Interesting. Interesting indeed.
5: It's only as you're wandering and starting to realize the absurdity of this place that you see one of the information kiosks. You've passed many,
1: countless, but this one has someone standing behind it. I say there's someone actually manning this kiosk, unlike the others. Uh, Hello there.
5: The man standing before you is, according to his name tag, Doug. Doug. And there has never been a dougier Doug than this particular Doug. To try and describe him would be like trying to describe a white wall. He is generic. Even more so than some of the more generic people you've seen, like Dirk Bradley. He could disappear into a crowd on accident.
1: Hello, Doug. Hey. Is it short for Douglas? Ah. Uh, no. No, no, I think it's just Doug. You think? All right. Yeah. This is a place to get information on the Bowery. Mm, yeah, well. Well, I uh, suppose there's no secrets in these streets. Um, I'm looking for some books or perhaps scrolls mm-hmm. or any kind of documentation of information uh, about very particular, rare facts. Mm, that's a toughie. Secrets, mysteries of the... Uh, it's like a library? Are you looking for
5: a bookstore? Or...
1: Yes, but one that specializes in forgotten lore. Things that are hard to find. Oh,
5: okay. You see, I'm a wizard. Uh, uh, fancy
1: magic books. Uh, yeah, no, I can tell you where that is. Uh,
3: tsh- tsh-
5: tsh- 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 how much time do you have?
1: Uh, less than 24 hours. Mm, yeah, if I just send you, you'll get lost.
5: So he turns around, walks away from the information kiosk, and walks over to a nearby door. He reaches for it, pulls it open, and it doesn't open inside of a building. It opens outside of another building.
1: Like, studying it from both sides? Um, right. Yeah, okay. I can get my head around this. Uh, I'm
5: sorry. I don't think that's going to work both ways. I think, uh, if you go in, you'll have to find your way back.
1: Oh, dear. Um, and we've been wandering for some time, and I can't remember a thing I've seen.
5: Yeah, that's, uh, sorry about that. This gets, um... This is hard.
1: I agree, yes. Is there a way I could contact you or another person who works in your position from that side? You can't be the only informant in the whole town.
5: Uh. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, God, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I might be over there somewhere. Nope, yep, nope, I'm over there. I'm over there. Yeah, I'm over there. <laughs> uh. Yeah, look behind the bar. Yeah, just over there. There's a bar over there, and I'm behind there. Oh, dear. Uh, he uh, smiles. How? Are you a plural? Uh, yes. Looks at Pen, And also no. Right. What? This one gets it. Are you? I am Doug. But also not Doug. Well, that covers it then. Uh, I'm an... He stops for a moment, seems to go through a mental Rolodex. Abstract. Yes, that th- makes perfect sense to me. Hey, you're one of the first. Ah, uh, sorry about this. Uh. You know when you want something?
1: Yes, I do. Like that. Aha. Uh-huh. And are you part of this city, just like a fixture? You seem to control it with your own hands.
5: Yeah, no. No, no, I'm not a part. Of, they kind of just did this all themselves. I uh, I helped them out sometimes when they needed something, but mostly I, I just kind of. Um,
3: Doug is right. Um, Doug is not the city because the city is a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Doug is not a thing.
5: Uh, th- I I borrowed Doug. Borrowed Doug. I didn't. Uh, normally, when we do it, it's it's a uh, they make a they make a thing. What's the word? It's like a person, but really not a person. The ones that do big things. A god. Oh, thank you. That's the one. Uh, normally we do that, and I didn't want to do that, so I found Doug. He wasn't doing anything, and he consented, and I understand that's very important.
1: I has the, the universe explosion brain meme for just a moment as he starts to realize what's going on here and says, Ah, an abstract of that nature.
5: Yeah, uh, maybe. I can't do the thing
3: where I look in there. Any points at your head?
1: That's cool. I'm glad for
3: that. Not yet. Not now. You're on the right track, Iavos, but you can't describe an abstract's nature without... I think you get it. I He touches his nose knowingly.
1: <laughs> as much as one can get such a concept, I think I'm there. Which is not much, but it's something.
5: Yeah, uh, but no, anyway, if you, if you go through there, uh, you should be able to find a library. And a dog. And a dog. He's he's upping Chucks behind oh, the bar. That's bad. Somebody, somebody asked me, him... Somebody asked us to drink with him, and he's just been at it for is a it while now.
1: Plum f- flavored dude juice. I don't know what that is.
5: I'm sorry. Uh, somebody You would if you were throwing it up. <laughs> somebody took 45 minutes explaining what a schnapps is, so.
1: Ah, well, uh, Doug, you have been most confusingly helpful. I believe it. And I will see you soon, I guess. Probably a lot.
3: Cool. Again, I'm very sorry. Doug, wow. You are the first abstract I've ever met and or not met. It's an honor.
5: I think I'm the first abstract to do this.
3: I think so, too.
5: I don't like it. There's a lot going on in here, and he gestures to his body
3: vaguely. They do that. I've been gurgling a lot. <laughs> I I hear you.
8: <laughs> Is it that loud?
3: No, you're you're good. It's just... You're keeping it on the inside. You're you're the, doing good. The colloquialisms are hard. You're
1: doing a very good job, Doug.
5: Somebody said I was sick, and I didn't know how to interpret that, so now there's a sick Doug somewhere.
1: Well, unfortunately, that term can be both positive and negative, so... I've figured that out. Good luck with that one. The flus suck here, by the way. Don't do it. Bye! Yes. <laughs> I'm going to sidestep awkwardly towards <laughs> the open door that leads to the outside.
5: As you step through, there is a dizzying vertigo. You almost feel like you're standing on your head for a moment, but then it passes.
1: Oh, I'm about to chuck up. (laughs) That was so cool. I don't... I don't like Doug, but I appreciate Doug.
5: (laughs) You hear a loud, wet, gurgling, vomiting coming from a nearby alleyway.
1: Well, speak of the devil. (laughs) Uh, Books first, puking Doug later. (laughs) Sound, sounds like, as a medical expert, you'll be at that for a while.
3: <laughs> You'd probably appreciate it if you just stopped thinking about the puking, dug at all. Good choice.
1: Look for the most obvious bookstore I've ever seen.
5: It doesn't take long. There is a giant sign that looks like an open book, and across it it just says,
1: book. Hmm. Perfect. That's exactly what I need, is book.
3: <laughs> I like that it's in lowercase.
1: <laughs> Enter entrevue.
5: As you walk in, you realize it is very much book. Uh, (laughs) It's the bookiest book. (laughs) There are stacks upon stacks upon stacks of books as far as the eye can see. The space, in fact, seems far larger than it should be from the outside, something you're getting used to being in the Bowery. The person behind the counter looks to be... How can I describe this? His skin is not unlike a banana that is just past the point where you would be excited to eat it.
1: Mm, just like a little too much brown just a little little too too much much of that gray
5: just a little too much brown Mm. just a little heavily freckled
1: not yellow enough
5: he has large sharp fangs in the front of his mouth and uh, he has what looks like the opposite of a mohawk across every inch of skin (laughs) across every inch of skin there are piercings and tattoos and uh, he seems very excited to see you some
1: kind of (laughs) banan (laughs) pyre he's runk pock (laughs) <laughs> hello welcome I seek book
2: there is plenty
1: of book I am looking I take out opus book yes I don't have that good you have that though I'll buy it nope okay I turn to the page of the very detailed notes about the god dagger mm. the bad fay dagger mm. Mm. Hey, this book it's a very good book I would like to learn more potentially about the things in here oh this Yes. Um, Maybe. I don't know these. That's Do- new. But does a book know this? Maybe. Great. Feel free to look. It's so many books. It is so many, yes. Uh, is there any kind of categorical system? Uh, something dewy, perhaps?
6: <laughs> no, you Alphabetical? Don't. You left Wusha behind.
2: <laughs> there is cat of log over there.
1: If there's a fucking tree cat, I'm going to lose it.
5: (laughs) (laughs) He gestures towards what looks like a very, very, very large binder with lots and lots and lots and lots of uh, pages inside of them. It actually does seem extraordinarily well organized. But what specifically are you looking for?
1: Information. I know I'm not going to find anything about like error here, Mm -hmm. but instances of pearls getting mortally wounded.
5: Ooh. okay. Yeah. Go ahead and give me an investigation check.
1: Investigation guidance all day.
5: And Pen, I would like you to roll me... Mm, I'm going to say an Arcana check.
3: I can roll do that. On.
5: 11? Okay. 10. Something about the conflicting plurality of this place, the decidedly antithetical abstract that is represented here and how heavily it conflicts with your own it makes it difficult for you to kind of attune to the space. You're trying to help him, realizing that there is a magic at play that maybe is slightly beyond a normal singular mind, but you're just so enraptured by the complexity of the space. It simply radiates outward with a kind of fractal-like impossibility. It almost looks like, it feels like something that shouldn't fit in a physical or material space, but it's all there. With a 10 or 11 from both of you, you're able to find a few books, but none of them seem terribly esoteric or strange or occult. But they do furnish you with a baseline bit of knowledge on instances of injured abstracts, injured gods, um, what happens when they die, quote-unquote die. But nothing that, nothing that is outside of your existing knowledge base.
1: Perhaps I'm looking for too specific a donut when I first need to find directions to the bakery. So, I'm going to look for a book on navigating dreams. Oh, yeah, I like that.
5: Go ahead and give me a yeah. Let's get let's do a investigation check for that. Uh, Sixteen. Oneira criticism is a considerable section, quite a bit, in fact.
1: I'm looking for like a an advanced how-to. Mm. I'm looking for Dreamwalking 304. Give
5: Through. me another Arcana. Through the gates I puzzle. would love to. Arcana.
1: I am here
3: to assist. Arcania. <laughs> Arcan.
6: <laughs> what you got? <laughs>
3: yeah. Nat twenty.
6: Ooh. beautiful. You just loaded up the Arcanon.
5: He gets you to the right place. You get him to the right book. It takes a minute, and it takes a couple of like loops around some of these stacks. At a certain point, I almost genuinely feel like you've been running him in circles. But then you come on one final turn to a different alley. In this one, there seem to be a fair number of books that are outside of the normal selection of things. And you find one book in particular that has what you imagine is closer to what you're after. It is titled Astrum and Ethereum.
1: Couldn't let Opus give it a little sniff.
5: He immediately begins trying to eat it as though it were some kind of, in the manner of those crazed goblin cats that eat potato chips.
1: Right. He wants to slap into it like a Slim Jim. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Then I know this is a good book and I will put him away and say, oh, you'll feast soon, my friend. (laughs) Finish. (laughs) No dream magic till you finish your bridges. Me <laughs> <laughs> chewing on that bridge book for a week. <laughs> I was told it was riveting. okay? Anything else? I feel like this is the the broadest umbrella of specificity that I can get to help my future goals. Well, if
3: Iavos is done, Penny empties her mind and focuses not on what she's looking for. But on her feelings. The feeling of wanting to understand more about Krom. The feeling about wanting to help Gaspar. The feeling of wanting to know how to hunt something that can't be hunted. Interesting.
5: Gaspar, I'd like you to roll me insight.
7: With a minus one, that's 15. Someone is thinking about something they shouldn't.
5: And you can feel it crawling up your spine. The shadows around you seem to quiver with anger.
1: Just a poor little war forged over here. <laughs> <Just>
4: <laughs> Check it out. It's called an invisible shield. Ooh. Uh, they sell them at this kiosk over there. Are they useful? I have no idea. But they have a lifetime warranty. <laughs> Whose lifetime? It's a good question. <laughs> I didn't ask.
1: Red double is a throwing <laughs> disc. They're not great. You can't see him to catch them.
4: They're also weightless. That would be a problem. (laughs) Make
1: a mint selling invisible weightless shields. (laughs) Hal, Wusha,
7: will you excuse me? With that Gaspar just full 180, sprint, sharp turn into an alleyway, kick down a door, going on nothing but this spine-crawling feeling that something is not right. Wusha, I
4: think we just lost our guide. It's all right. I got a
6: real good sense of direction.
5: It's gone as soon as it came. No directionality, just a certainty that someone is doing something they shouldn't. You're not even sure where that thought came from. But it lingers. You're standing now in what looks like a foyer to a multiple family home.
8: Are you here for lunch? Just the one?
5: Holds up a finger. No, I don't think so. They seem to be a human, but they're wearing a lot of garish colors, almost like a peacock. My kind don't really eat. We don't have seats, because this is my house, but I'll feed you if you pay me.
7: Nah, I think this was just a mistake.
5: That's okay, you leave then. Goodbye. Goodbye. They close the door behind you. Pen, roll me an investigation. This is a straight d20 roll for me.
3: Hey! (laughs) Eleven. The knowledge is here. You know it. But you can't find it. As... Pen comes back into herself. She's emitting a loud, frustrated scream.
1: Uh, Pen, are you all right? Uh, th- this, this isn't necessarily a library, but still, it's supposed to be quiet around books. Very much, shush! I'm
3: fine, Hayavos, thank you. I'm so close, I know it's
1: here. It seems very difficult to find what we're seeking here. I had to settle for this. Valuable though it may be, uh, bookmonger, how much for this dream book? Oh, this? That is two quintessence. Two quintessence. Um, two. I'm afraid that's out of my budget. Um, unless I tap into the team reserve. You trade me your breathing uh, book. Eh? I cannot. I, you, I give you ten more books. Huh? Eh? What if I could? But. It's quite, quite ah, bounded to me. I see this. I could also trick you because I can summon it to my hand at any time, and then I could exchange it, and then it would vanish. You are honest. I like this. One and a half queen. Why am I going to get half a queen? Let's see. Maybe I can trade something else. Nah. All the stuff we got is cool and special. I built my friend this cool leg I can give you. I mean, I have the party fund. <laughs> I am the treasurer. You could do it. You've been
5: very gen- you've been very not selfish up until now, right? Agreed. And even this is not necessarily selfish.
3: And yeah. I honestly, I think anybody in in a situation like that could take out a loan or whatever.
1: Well, I also what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut the coin that I was holding for Gaspar in half, mm. and pay with that and mine. Interesting. Okay. Cool. For now, you pay him his quin, and
5: then you leave the bookstore. As you thumb through the pages, you're realizing this book is a lot more significant than the title that's on. It's written by someone named Von Schreik, a name that sounds familiar. Coming through your own personal mental catalog, you realize this is the person that perfected the system that allows puncturing through the walls of the dimensions and access between planes that makes the League as it is possible.
1: The Ring Gates.
5: And yet there's something about it that feels
1: off. It's very, very, very old. This book is referencing all kinds of strange things. I've never heard of a Mackinac before. (laughs) I'll close it. There is much research to be done. Uh, Shall we go and help puking Doug and get back home?
5: (laughs) When you enter the alley, you see a hunched Doug figure. His khakis are heavily stained with vomit and what looks like no. some kind of liquor.
1: He's got yak khakis. <laughs> Yakis. <laughs> He's done yardstick in his cargos.
5: <laughs> as you approach, he stands and straightens himself up, brushes off what chunks have stuck behind.
8: Uh, oh, hey.
1: I'm going to, as we've been walking, like quickly making a quick tincture mix. Here, down this. It'll help with the nausea.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes it and slugs it back. Oh, that worked a mint. Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: that's, um... There is some mint, yes.
5: Oh, yeah, I can... <laughs> 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 <sighs> oh. oh, that that felt good for, like, a whole eight seconds.
1: Are abstracts not supposed to
5: take medicine?
8: Oh, no, it's fine. The me- It's not the medicine. Ooh, I've just been drinking a lot.
5: I don't have a... My stomach is, um... Wow, my stomach just doesn't have an end, so it just keeps coming. I don't remember when I started and I don't remember when I stopped, but boy, it just keeps coming. Where are you going?
1: Uh, The headless aardvark.
5: Yep, 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 yep. He reaches over to the bar door and pushes it open. The door seems to open into what looks like one of the rooms in the aardvark.
1: Uh, You know, when our singulars become nauseous and sick, we often release into a toilet. I've seen several on this street instead of an alley. Toilet. Like a collection system.
5: Toilet, I like that. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. He runs towards one of the walls and just starts patting it and gently pulling at it. He gets his fingers in between some of the bricks and then pulls the wall off like it's a door. And then behind it, there's a toilet, which he then throws up into. It's
1: a great city. Just really good. I really want him to feel better. He's definitely creating more than the sum of his (laughs) (laughs) parts.
5: You enter into the room, and behind you, the door is still there. It seems to be opening up from what you presume was the bathroom of this particular inn. The irony is not lost on you. Not at all.
1: I still close it, so I don't have to listen to Doug yakking anymore. It's absolutely fair.
5: You make your way down to the dining room where you find your friends already waiting.
3: Oh, you're already here. How did you get here so quickly?
4: Well, funny story. Uh, Wusha's leg points the direction at things. Now, there's a slight problem in that Wusha needs his leg to stand up, but it turns out that if I pick him up and hoist him into the air above me, he's then free to point his leg in the direction. <laughs> and so he and I walk through the city with his leg sort of functioning as a divining rod pointing back the way to the tavern. And why is he spinning in circles right now? Well, because he's here, but he hasn't stopped locating object yet, so it's just spinning. (laughs) His reach zero, zero.
6: (laughs) I've always been told that X marks the spot!
4: (laughs) Also, it does make his dress twirl a little bit, which he's finding very irritating. It's a lovely
1: spinny dress, Wooshah. I get a pen! I... I catapult the leg to me, <laughs> catch it harmlessly. Like Thor's hammer, just. <laughs> yeah. As soon as the leg leaves your body, you fall to the ground.
6: Thank uh, 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 uh. hey, you.
1: Uh, unintended side effect of the spell like ability, I'm afraid.
6: Suppose we have a bit more strange things down out, but, uh, you know, there's that. That really suits you. Thank you.
3: You inspired me. That's very sweet,
4: whoosh. And then. Gaspard found his way back here by following the people in the crowd talking about the angel carrying the drowned Goliath in a dress through the street with a pickaxe for a leg.
1: There's a joke here about dousing, but I dare not make it. <laughs> Did everyone achieve the things they sought?
6: I'd well, say so. I regret coming out, a eh?
5: Rain walks into the room, looks at Wu Sha in a dress with their leg missing, Ivo standing there with a mangled medical prosthetic. All of you just kind of standing in the middle of this strange bar.
1: Hello, Rain. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I shove the anchor back into guusha's leg hole. <laughs> Ooh. I should probably let the commissioner know you made the wrong choice. Wrong choice? <laughs> you people are idiots. <laughs>
5: she laughs.
4: That's not a secret. You've seen my character sheet.
5: I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of teams that lean heavy into the slapstick and goofs, but... Boy.
1: What did we do? <laughs> Besides Woolshaw's obviousness. I,
6: I prefer straightforward or uncomplicated.
1: I'm of course joking.
5: You're very professional. The fact that you found this place so quickly is a testament to your skill. But I think it's about time we talk about your next use of skill. We have a job for you. But this one is off the books.
1: All right, Dirk. I want you to do something
2: for me. Anything for you, my charcoal charmer. Eat this lobe of broccoli. (sighs) No can do, pelvic rust. I have a strict policy about eating anything that comes in lobes, crowns, ears, eyes, or bushels. I guess your definition of anything is about as loose as your
1: definition of gift. I thought you liked rocks. For one thing, just because I'm a dwarf does not mean that I like rocks. And even if I did have a geology hobby, having two tons of mixed gravel delivered to my home would in no way be a good gift. Well, forgive me for trying
2: to pave the way to a new friendship. Huh? Eh? Just eat the damn broccoli. Oh.
1: Oh, gods. Huh. It's like eating leaf jerky. My gods, you actually do look kind of worse. Was your prolonged hospital stay really the result of... Clean living? A healthy diet? Ha! Clean
2: living. Let me tell you, Rust. Spend a month watching pensioners dropping loads, all kinds, into whatever receptacle is handy. And then tell me hospitalization is clean
1: living. You know what I mean. Maybe you really do need to live like a repulsive, bottom-feeding, slovenly, repugnant, idiot, trash-goblin, filth elemental to stay healthy.
2: Golly, but that's a lot of adjectives,
1: huh, fella? Maybe save a few for my next birthday card, huh? The point is, maybe you've grown accustomed to so low a brow that any improvement is akin to launching a deep-sea musk into the upper atmosphere. So you're saying, I'm evolving? No, that is not what that means.
2: I've become something greater. I disagree completely. So long, salad bar. Hello, bar. I'm gonna grab life by the nut bowl and pick out all the chocolates. No. Born in the filth of the confectionery aisle, like some kind of sugar chud, destined to overthrow the lawn munchers. I've already lost interest in all of this. It's too late now. I've grown beyond the need for your validation or your primitive water liquid. I shall quench solely on rock shasta and the pickled weenie juice left over in this bucket. I'll call it...
1: Elizabeth? Nope, that's a Patricia. Tune in next time and watch this weenie pickle his own pancreas live on Scry.
6: Off the books. Off the books. Ooh, you just spent this whole time looking for books, and now you have, you're going to have to get off of them? What the hell? That has not book.
3: potentially so many implications for a liability. Mm-mm. I think our first
1: quest was kind of off the book, too,
4: though. We went to the no-no mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Can we call the off-book episode Homebrew? <laughs> <laughs> or just dug. Doug.
8: Let's let's go around the
4: table with just a little bit of, of uh, interest and excitement. Let's talk about the highlights. Highlights. I think mine would have to be Hal and Wuxia being the alligator and the hippo from Fantasia <laughs> through the street. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You hadn't That's pictured nice. it until yeah. I said that, yeah. did you? It makes <laughs> full sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
7: Angel? Doug. Doug. <laughs> I liked him from the start, and then you're like, oh, oh, that's who Doug is.
6: <laughs> you dug Doug.
7: I, I dug Doug.
6: Max? I mean, I love me a good Doug, but I have to say the uh, crowd of idiot
1: onlookers
6: that mm. Gaspar gathered around to feed his need to fuck with people.
1: Sure. That was
6: fantastic.
7: I, I just needed to get around.
1: Improvised romance.
6: In the improvised, I'll never forget. Smarge. Smarj- and, and, and Smarge.
3: Bingus <laughs> <laughs> and Smarge. I like Wusha's dress. Yeah. <laughs> I wish she had hair to braid. Oh, <laughs> you mean get a wig? Yeah, we could find
4: some hair. A seaweed wig? I was going to say there might be some seaweed. <gasps> a seaweed wig would be great.
1: Gosh, this is a tough one. I just, there's a lot of good NPCs in this episode. Book, book Guy was fun. I liked Book Guy. I was giving the impression that he was a gif. That's what I was trying to do. Oh, like a Yankee or a Kitsarai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, When you said reverse Mohawk, I kind of picked up on that, but I immediately forgot when I wanted to ask what kind of book to look for. I liked him. Yeah. And, God, Bengus and Smidge is... <laughs> Bengus and Smarge. Is,
5: I will say that of all the bosses that I fought in Dark Souls, Bengus and Smarge is easily yeah. the hardest.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's real rough. The remarried. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought when you introduced the bookstore, it was going to be like a literal store that sold thousands of copies of just one book.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to walk in and it would just be a book on a shelf, but That's it happened what, to be the one we were looking for. I didn't
5: want the Bowery to be this absurd, so I'm definitely going to ratchet it down in coming episodes. But yeah.
4: I thought they were going to walk in and they were going to be like two-dimensional on a page, like literally walked into a book. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be I very cool. That. Yeah, nothing so nothing so bizarre and esoteric. Not quite as Alice in Wonderland?
5: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I... I just I enjoyed the whole thing. I mean, obviously I like Jeb Brody. I had fun. I had fun. I, <laughs>
1: I should have said Jeb Brody. I forgot Brody. I his <laughs> name though. I couldn't
5: remember his name. I mean, I've been looking forward to revealing Doug for a long time. He, and y'all haven't even scratched the surface of Doug, so there's there's so much more Doug to dig. But this is the last so this is the last episode of this recording. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves starting with
4: I am Michael Loving back from paternity leave today. <laughs> yes. Yes indeed. It's good to be heard by you again.
5: <laughs> Any shows you're on?
4: Right, because right? it's not really good to see them because I'm not seeing anyone, but upcoming, uh, Aram and I still have the Star Trek Adventures Rio Grande game that's coming up. We haven't started recording that yet, though, so that'll be a bit. Uh, watch my Twitter. There will be details. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I don't think I have a lot else to announce. Moving on to... Hi, I'm Angelo Kalua. I play Gaspario not.
7: Phantom Rogue, Headless Boy, mm-hmm. Warforged in and Disguise. let's be real, the Bowery's best tour guide. Yeah. You
5: could say robot in disguise. Yeah.
6: <laughs>
5: <clears throat>
7: I was I was actually the tourist.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. But isn't that really just Gaspar in a nutshell? Trick other people into thinking they're the tourists, but really you're the one touring? Exactly.
6: Guide tourist. It's guide. really the touring test. It was a tour, tour de farce. <laughs> mm. That's better than mine. Mm. My name is Max Hobbs. I play Wusha Brinechild, the Wandering Tide, uh, who played Wusha this entire time, the Big Goliath Wet Boy, Find Me on Help Action, and uh, I guess other stuff coming up. He's wet and bedressed.
1: I'm wet and, yes. The Drowned Gown, I'm sorry.
3: No, no, I like Drowned Gown. (laughs) Uh, This is Dana Ebert. I play Pentecost, also known as Pen, the level seven warlock. And um, yeah, besides Undermile, In the near future, you'll be able to find me on a stream by TTRPG. That's T-E-A-T-R-P-G called Haunted West, I think. But look forward to that. That sounds fun.
1: My name is Law. I play Iavos Isadora, Sion to the Withering Acre. I'm also the creative director of Slapdash. And I'm very, very warm. It's so goddamn (laughs) fucking
5: hot. I was going to say my
4: favorite moment was when we tried to turn on the ceiling (laughs) fan for like three (laughs) seconds. And it was really cool for a moment. We could open that door now that we're in outro.
5: I mean, we could, but we're almost done here. Yeah. I'm Zach Barkus. I am the dungeon boy and technical director for Slapdash Studios. Uh, I want to thank Sam Hediger for editing this particular fucking episode, which is going to be a goddamn nightmare. Uh, I want to thank Brie Golden for all the maps she's done in the past, all the maps she'll do in the future, though this one doesn't have any maps. I think that's basically everything. And I'm trying to tighten up these mid rolls as much as possible or make sure they're as fun as possible. This is a natural. Oh, whatever. Fuck God. Damn it. I'm hot. I'm hot. Go to theluq.com to find more information. I'm not going to waste any more any more i'm not going to waste any more of your time
8: i wish you luck